welcome to episode 16 of Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast. And this week, we specifically want to talk about social media. So we've kind of touched upon it in a lot of different senses um, in different episodes so far, um, because clearly it's an inherent part of the millennial dating experience. Um, But this week, we want to do kind of a deep dive in the protocol, what to do, what not to do, and most importantly, when to do it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's happened a lot in our recent dating experience where we've thought, when do we follow this person and how do we follow this person? Yeah. We checked the internet and we did our own research and we came up with our own pyramid of when and how you should follow someone in different tiers of social media. At the bottom tier as the base is the phone number, which of course you get when you exchange messages and then you, you know, they ask for your number, which I think is like the goal of all messaging. I... So we, t- we talked about this a little, and just to reiterate, uh, when I was in Philly, I never really exchanged numbers. I had a particularly bad date where I exchanged num- numbers with a guy, and not that it was, like, bad and, like, really, like, I felt unsafe or, like, you know, he was just, like, really into me and I wasn't into him, and he just kind of couldn't let it go, and I regret exchanging numbers before our first date and I kind of tried to avoid that even now to exchange numbers before our first date because it's like you don't really need that other person's number right until you've met up and you realize that there's some kind of interest there and so I'm the same way where I typically like my rule is like if I match with someone on a dating app I'll first like you know chat with them there establish some kind of like credibility and you know figure out if there's any kind of interest and then Either if the conversation takes us far enough that one of us is asking for the other's number, you know, or if we've then gone out on a first date, then it's time to like exchange numbers. But my typical rule is don't give it out until after a good first date. Yeah. And um, my roommate in Philly actually made me realize that when I had this bad day experience and she was like, why do you feel the need to do that? Like, you should just tell guys up front you're not comfortable giving out your number. But I think a lot of things we see on the internet, especially if you go like our Tinder or something like that on like Reddit, um, all the screenshots kind of end in like a manner of like, oh, you have a clever pickup line. Oh, she responded really well. And then she ended like the goal was you got her number in the end. And I kind of like hate that because there is so much you can get from having someone's number. And me and N talked about this um, and my brother in a, in a guest episode two episodes ago, where if you have someone's number, you have access to their Snapchat. You can search them through your contacts. You have access through their Instagram. Uh, you, you can, can search them. them on Facebook. Yeah. You're already giving away a lot of ways to communicate via number. So to give your number away to somebody that, I don't know, I just, it's a kind of a big deal for me. And right. I, I would avoid that if I could. And I respect guys who don't need that for a date like I'm still interested in you but I don't want to give you my number because then I can just always match you and it's cool right right yeah so sometimes like the better approach is just to wait and then you know if a first date goes well maybe you know do it then but yeah generally across the board I try to avoid it prior to then because at that point I'm like I really know nothing about you as a human being 
You could pretty much not even exist at that point. You could just be like some weird catfish and basically a figment of my imagination at that point. But it's also good that we, we talked about this a little as well, like about like that whole when you meet somebody, you don't want to see their social media because you don't want to break that image you have. They have you have of them in your head, you know, like you do, you can find something out easily, something you dislike about them. And it's like, why search for things you hate? You know, I mean, there's a safety aspect where you kind of don't want to be catfished. I think guys more than girls worry that. Um, but there's also been exchanges I've had with guys where I said, no, I don't give out my number before a first date. And they were really, really offended. Yeah. And they took it personally. And they actually, like, the one guy I was about to go on a date with said, like, oh, well, you know, I showed you these messages. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, he I was do. like, well, okay, then, like, um, you know, like, it's for my safety, not yours. Oh, and my I God. want to know that you're the person that you say you are. Right, right. And I was like, fuck you. Like, I'm a woman. Like, it's for my safety. Like, yeah. fuck safety like <laughs> I'm sorry but yeah. like not <laughs> and then I'm sorry like your safety yes is important but at the end of the day in the in the gender roles that currently exist and are currently like at the forefront of the dating scene you know in 2018 really the woman's comfortability and like sense of safety is kind of more in jeopardy yeah. than the man's and that's just what it is right now and if you feel very strongly against that then maybe encourage your peers to not be creepers and if you're like a decent guy and you would, res- you would respect that you would respect that woman's opinion that she doesn't you know want to give her number and most a lot of guys I would say 85 to 90 percent of guys would be respectful um lately i would say anyone i would have gone on a date with i've mostly given them my number just also because i really didn't think they were a creep and like i am fine with them having my number i remember one guy was like you know uh here's my number you know you can block me if you decide you hate me and i kind of love that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah okay it's still open like you are still giving me that you know right right you still have that out yeah um so that would be the bottom and yeah uh, above that is Snapchat. <laughs> right. So I think it's one of the lowest forms of communication. And really, in the world of Insta stories these days, at least for, I feel like, millennials, and definitely for me, I do not post, like, stories anymore on Instagram. I mean, oh, not no. on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, no. Ever since that Snapchat update that, like, just turned everyone's world upside down and none of us knew how to use Snapchat after that, like... It's been pretty easy to make the full committal switch over to just Instagram stories. So I was a dedicated Snapchat storyer for, you know, as long as Snapchat stories have existed. And I had started to use Instagram stories a little bit, but really it was when that like big change in the platform happened that I was then like, that's my final push. Yeah. I really don't even know how to find my story now, so I'm not going to bother posting one. Yeah. And so occasionally I'll post like a funny thing that like I see in like the streets of New York City happening that like I don't think like really um, is crucial for kind of like in Instagram it's more of like a curated image so your story is like what you're trying to project of your lifestyle and so once in a while like when I see something funny I want to share it with people but it's not necessarily something I want to be on Instagram so once in a while yes I'll still use my Snapchat story but it's so rare and like so like sporadic that I I don't consider it a major form of like communication anymore yeah and the audience for me isn't there like I love that 
in stories, anyone can view your story and they don't need to follow you. And it like, I mean, I don't mean, maybe I don't have a lot of people on Snapchat, but it doesn't do the same thing for me. And cause I don't post that often. I don't think people are checking Snapchat that often. I know if I look at my, on my friends on Snapchat stories, it's like once a week kind of situation. Yeah. And I, I really don't care. <laughs> even now when I do post the occasional story, like I used to get like a hundred plus views on my Snapchat stories and now like post Snapchat update. If I post a story, I'm getting like 40 views. Yeah, it's because a lot. I think Yeah, I think everyone has kind of like made that shift. And like, so it's not make or break. It's not super consequential to post something or not. So that pressure is kind of off and Snapchat has kind of gone back to more of just like a purely like one-on-one messaging kind of form of communication i do want to note here that i do think this is very generational like from talking oh, absolutely. to my brother in like the episode two two weeks ago um he uses snapchat all the time you know all the time to communicate with his friends to like talk to dates and then you go back to like one of the our more recent episodes with my younger sister jay and she's in high school she uses it all the time the main form of communication yeah. Yeah. To talk to her friends. Right. And she specifically said that, like, that's how you talk to someone in 2018 as a high schooler is by Snapchatting them. Um, yeah. And I would say like, it's so weird to think that we've outgrew that. But, like, I think Snapchat isn't dead, but it's not for millennials anymore. Right. Gunshots are fireworks right now. <laughs> We're in a good neighborhood, so I assume fireworks. But that being said, why would we ever add anyone on Snapchat? So um, I've got... Mostly guys have added me via having my number in their contacts on Snapchat. And then and then then it's a flirty thing. And I think purely I use Snapchat for sexual means. Yeah. And flirty means. There's no other way I would use it for. Um, so that's that's where it's still in my life, and that's why I still haven't deleted the app a hundred percent because it still pertains to my dating life. Yeah. (laughs) In a little way. No, yeah, it does. And so like so okay so we talked about um a little bit of recap there's this one guy that I used to kind of see for a little bit at work um we like had a thing for a little bit he doesn't work directly with me so you know anybody who knows me from work don't worry I'm not breaking any rules um but we do like work in the same like industry and you know, even after all this time, we still Snapchat, but it's like in a flirty, non-committal way where like he'll send me a snap and it's just like a, I look really good right now. I'm going to throw whatever random caption on it. I feel like throwing on and I'll kind of do the same. I'm like, I look really good right now. So I'm going to send a snap and be like, oh my God, dying for my morning coffee because my coffee is in the picture. It has nothing to do with the thing that you're actually writing about most of the time it's really just like a hey here's my face and do what you want with it yeah and so like it doesn't always lead to like an actual conversation it doesn't like you know necessarily end up being anything more than that it's just like a friendly reminder or a chance to send like a cute flirty like hey how's it going yeah and on, on that note, there was a guy I was trying to reconnect with after years and years of not talking to him. Um, it was seven years since we f- saw each other. And it, it was in high school. I, I was... T- 
talking to him, hooking up with him in the very high school, like holding hands, like making out manner, like very PG-13. Yeah. If you guys remember, we talked about this, I think, in episode 14 a little bit um, in the in the lens of like soft rejections. This was the guy that B knew way back in the day, 13, whatever, um, that that B knew back in the day and Snapchatted. Yes. So I snapped him and then he, I snapped him for like three days in a row and he never responded back to my snap. But the follow up there is that he, I texted him and then he responded to my text, like, you know, in 30 minutes, like almost immediately. And I guess in that, circumstance I learned that like reaching out on Snapchat wasn't enough after such a long time like I needed to do something more like sending a snap was like nothing I guess to someone you haven't seen in seven years and you want to fuck again right right. you need like you need like a sign from God or a text message right you need like a (laughs) solid clear like indication that like this is specifically for you yeah so um in that case Snapchat was not working for me but then a text message really worked yeah so and like same situation for me where like me and this like guy from work are like you know we're flirty like snapping back and forth like to no end and then finally this week I like sent him a message and was like hey come get coffee with me and like we stepped out and like went and got coffee and like sat outside and chatted for 20 minutes and caught up um so like yeah like while snapchat is that like easy foot in the door sometimes like sometimes you have to like back up and like go back to basics and take that like full kind of leap and that like really you know basic generic approach it's a good feeler it feels out that they're alive and they have their phone (laughs) right and that they're like responding to something Um, but i i am i would not use it to get a reaction in my experience um from someone else anymore i think before i would think that would be a thing but like not it's not been the case yeah um should we move up to instagram text messages Snapchat and Instagram is the next level up if you're talking about intimacy on social media with someone. Right. So we'll go back and like kind of define the timeline um, at the end. But first, we want to just talk about like what like the like the pretext and kind of the notion around even adding someone on each of these forms is. So with Instagram, it's kind of like you're at that point where you're okay. Like you want them to see the things that are going on in your day-to-day life. You want them to see this, like, amazing curated image of your life. And you're kind of, like, comfortable with them seeing what you're up to um, if you're someone who posts Instagram stories frequently. Mm. And, I mean, Instagram for everyone, I think, is very personal. You're posting every day or you're putting a story up at least every day. And I have had guys add me on Instagram via my number really prematurely into our us dating. I'm talking like after the first date, you know, yeah. if that. And I've always thought that was kind of normal. Um, what changed is uh, in our last episode, I talked about Mormon. It was this Mormon guy. And Mormon. I, I, <laughs> I um, after our first date, I had this like feeling I should like add him on Instagram. And like I, he came up literally suggested, you know, I was scrolling and they have a little like subsection where it's like newly added in your contacts and they had his name. Mormon man more man <laughs> I was like maybe I should add him um and then I went and I requested him I knew he was working during that time so he probably didn't see the request I'm praying he didn't see the request and then after about like three or four hours I was like I I googled it and uh I put it on our twitter 
and um, I googled when to add someone on Instagram. And guys, the Google results, by the way, are gold. Um, B yeah. put up a, a Twitter post about that. It, it's honestly something I feel so secure in because I asked it in a very personal manner and then seeing the results made me think I'm not the only person having this fucking problem. Yeah. Like, you know, no one knows when to do it. And actually, this amazing article by Glamour, um, which I guess we'll link, um, kind of breaks down the different timeline of when you would add someone. And they recommended Instagram as one of the last ones, which I thought was super surprising. Yeah, yeah. So as we read through that article together, we... Like, we had some different differing opinions on some of the other forms, but, like, for Instagram, they really recommended you wait until you're, like, at a level of, like, certain intimacy, um, and you're, like, pretty, like, confident in your relationship with that person, and almost, like, exclusive and, like, actually dating at that point, which is, like, crazy because I think we're all so... Like, for the most part, we're also, like, obsessed with our, like, Instagrams and our following to follower ratio. So sometimes it's, like, it's just so easy to be, like, oh, follow me. And, like, you know, it just seems like an easy one-off thing to do. But there's, like, so much to it. And there's, like, so much you need to consider before you do that. And if you do it too soon, you might end up, like, kind of pigeonholing yourself into, like, a weird situation that you didn't want. Yeah, and it's when that person forever has you on Instagram or knows your Instagram, um, which is like a big deal. I don't think we we think about too often. Um, they know where you are. They know your geotag locations. They know the people you hang out with. Right. It's a lot. Um, and after reading that article, I deleted my request to follow that guy actually his account was private so I really did need to request to stalk mm-hmm. yeah um because I was like you know what we only went on one date do I really want him to be my follower forever do I really also want to be that girl who fought like follows him after the first date like I don't want to come off as too pushy um and I also I, I don't know if I want him to see me like all of me you know like I mean guarantee is filtered and perfect but like (laughs) I I don't know if I want him to like see I don't know if I want to see him you know like what and also I feel like there's a very unfair power exchange when you are a woman and you are dating a guy or heterosexual dating relationship there's unfair trade-off with social media because women post more than men and then you follow someone and you're not getting what you want you're not getting a story every day you're not getting a post every week or every couple like days you're you're, you're he's getting that he's getting the information on you right but you're not getting information on him you're yeah. lucky if he has a feed of like you know nine photos yeah <laughs> that's where we are um it depends on the guy but for the most part that's what i found like they're very they're i have less yeah i have to agree with that yeah they're less inactive than women um and you're as far as as much as you want to follow them they're going to get more out of it. They're going to, you're, they're going to look at you under a microscope and it's going to be as far as you can scroll back. Instagram's been around for years. I think right. like literally 2010 at least. Yeah. And around. those of us with several hundred posts, all of those posts are then under a microscope and at their disposal and kind of ammo for, you know, whatever they choose to feel or think or, you know, ask you about it. Um, it's all it's all for discussion. And like you can scroll, you can find ex boyfriends, you can find out where you've lived. Um, yeah, you can find a lot of shit. Tag yeah. photos. Um, yeah, it's just like it's it it is very intimate. Although like 
it just seems on the surface like it's just such a cursory like just given thing of our generation like it really is that intimate yeah and for me um like yourself our, our Instagrams are public. Right. So you don't need to follow us to find out what we're doing. So really, I'm going to guess that you've got the same notification that I did on Instagram when you got my number in your phone. And you probably have seen, you should follow this person. But, and you click my, on my profile and you see my profile. You know I have an Instagram. Like, I'm assuming you're not a fucking idiot. So um, they're seeing me. And if they wanted to follow, they could. Um, and I hate to take the back seat. I feel it's like unfeminist to do but I think on social media for for Instagram at least I would wait at least until you slept together like three times yeah yeah that's a good that's a good point and so the next point from there in our opinion and so this may uh, Facebook is so tricky because Facebook, we think, has kind of, I mean, in my opinion, at least, has become a little bit obsolete, where it's just, like, kind of there. It's like a background form of social media. It's a placeholder that you exist and you're not crazy. Right, right. It's like you're not constantly posting on it if you're, like, 90% of people under the age of, like, 40. Um, You know, you're not bearing all of your personal private information on it necessarily. But you do have a lot of archived information on it. You've got like all of your high school and all of your college pictures, all of your past relationships. All of it. You know, how often are you going back and deleting and refining whatever gets added on Facebook? Because, you know, it's just Facebook is this unfiltered sink of like everything that's family photos yeah yeah. like awkward family photos awkward old relationship photos like unedited albums of vacation pictures that like you maybe put up and like didn't you know delete out the awkward like drunk pictures from so this is where the glamour article and us disagreed because we thought and we and we put up our system like this for you guys that we thought instagram is you would follow that before you add someone on facebook and i believe that but this article said the opposite where you would they rather friend someone on facebook before instagram and i get that on the idea of personal information being shared and the amount of it but to facebook to me is like you're gonna have that person as your friend for like fucking ever like it's like such a it's like also instagram like you can follow you can unfollow it's not dependent on both of you accepting and rejecting facebook you would have to like purposely go to unfriend someone and they don't have access to you and you don't have access to them that seems like particularly hurtful right and because facebook is like so passive it like really is so concrete where it's like it's this like just like you said before, it's just this, like, kind of, like, source of, like, validity that you're a human being. So, like, if you choose to add someone on, it's, like, the, that's, like, the final leap to me that, like, yeah. you know, you now know my last name or at least, like, some derivative of my last name <laughs> that I have on Facebook. You know, you know that much about me and you know all of this past information, you know, this, like, present kind of family-based information. And it's not, like, this, like, internet personality of me. Like, it's it's me. Yeah. It's, like, my unfiltered me. And, like you said, like, it's always mutual. So, you're going to have it forever. So Facebook, for that reason, feels like more concrete and more permanent for us. Um, yeah, it's like you would have to Instagram. go out of your way to unfriend someone. I feel that sounds really like it's, it hurts more. And you have to really think about you want this person on your Facebook for like ever. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so we talked about when we broke that rule, when we added someone we were dating on Facebook. Yeah. And so for me, so I can think of two specific instances where I've added guys on Facebook um, without being in like a super long like relationship with them or anything. And so the first one was last summer. Um, I was dating this guy. We started seeing each other in early July. Um, we started dating officially like a week after we first went out and we dated for like most of the summer. Um, and at some point that summer, I got like a, like someone tagged me in some event for, um, some taco fest in Brooklyn and I fucking love tacos. I love anything fun in Brooklyn. So <laughs> I was just like, fuck yeah, I'm there. Um, and this guy was from like the Southwest. So I knew he would also appreciate a taco event. Um, and I was like, for a second, I was like, Southwest of New York? <laughs> Southwest, like, of the United States. Okay. Therefore, close to the Mexican border. Therefore, like, Tex-Mex influence. You know, for drunk. anybody who didn't get it. Um, yeah, we're a little drunk. Um, so We're drinking whiskey. So he, so I knew he would enjoy that. So I texted him. And I was like, hey, like, what's your last name on Facebook? Like, I'm adding you. I need to tag you in this event right now. It's important. And he sent me his last name and I added him on Facebook and I sent him the event and we were like planning on going to that together. So like that was one exception. You know, it was a specific event that I wanted us to both have like kind of on our calendar in some way so that we'd both remember to go. We'd have like the updated mm -hmm. details for it. If something changed, we would both be in the know about it. Um and so that, like, served, like, a specific, like, purpose. Yeah. And the second example, um, I went on a date with this guy back in October. And we had a really, really great first date. We went to a bar down the street from me. And we had way too much to drink. Um, had a really hot makeout session at the bar. And then went... He said he was going to walk me home. We go back to my place. We actually walk a little bit past my place um, and stop at the bodega to get Lucy's. For anybody who's not familiar with what Lucy's are, um, they're like 50 cent loose cigarettes. And there's very few, but, you know, very coveted places that sell them. So the bodega, the bodega like down the street from me happened to sell Lucy's. So we went there, we each bought a cigarette. And then I was like, I have a rooftop. If you want to come up, um, we can go smoke them out on our roof on my roof. And so he came up, we went out there, we like smoked our cigarettes, had like a really hot makeout session, and then went back down to my room. We fall asleep at some point during the night, I wake up and I'm like, hey, like I have to be up super early, so I'm kicking you out. Um, and he's like looking everywhere for his phone. And then finally he's like, maybe I left John on the roof. So he goes up to check. His phone was on the roof and it turns out it had rained in the couple hours that we had been downstairs since then. So his phone is completely fried. That sucks. Um, so when he comes back down with his phone, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get in touch with you. And so he added himself on Facebook in my phone. Um, that way we could like chat on Messenger until he got his phone fixed. So again, like a very specific need, kind of like a just like a secondary like emergency form of communication mm. um obviously knowing that he couldn't use like any of his other apps so those were my two specific scenarios other than that i don't really think i've added anyone that i've dated in the past year on facebook yeah um 
I agree with the reasons of that. I would also similarly say, like, if there's an event and it's happened to me before where, yeah, there's been, like, a specific event or a birthday party or something that I, it was private or closed and I had to invite them via a Facebook event, then I would add them on Facebook and then I would invite them. Um, and that's very specific. Um, <laughs> I... I mean, there's also the Facebook of like reconnecting with an ex or something like that. Uh, we can speak on because I went on a Tinder date with this guy in Philly and he was like, he was my best date. If we talked about this in a random fucking episode, I can't remember. Was this the one you texted recently? No. Okay. Um, he was my best date and we had like an amazing time and... It ended in a way that I didn't know was his fault or my fault, but, like, he never responded to my messages and was, like, straight ghosted me, so I had, like, no idea why. I didn't get, like, a closure. And we can go back to rejection (laughs) (laughs) and explain that. In case you Um, guys didn't get enough. (laughs) But, like, months later, I moved back home to New York, maybe not so long, like, two months later, and I... I saw him on Facebook because fucking the internet, you yeah. know, and algorithms and your phone and your fucking phone number being linked. Facebook recommended that I should be friends with him. Literally, Facebook did that. And I was like, yeah, sure. And I went and I tried to add him. And then he denied my friend requests and then blocked me on Ooh. Facebook. Like, <laughs> it was so Ooh, harsh. Honey. I know it's like painful to even like say. Um, also, I don't think I did something so terrible that I deserve a blocking. A blocking is fucking harsh. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, fuck. Uh, but um, that hurt a lot. And now I kind of like, I, re- I regret wasting that friend request. So you only get once right then and there because I feel like if I waited until like now like a year later or like maybe even two years later or maybe even 10 years later or something like I we could have maybe reconnected and like the wounds would have healed the fact that I did it like two months after we had this like messy kind of like nondescript breakup there was still feels attached and now I just like kind of like the door was ajar and I just like it was just closed in my face. Um, and I don't know who to say he wouldn't have blocked me in 10, 10 years from now. Maybe he would have, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that was a mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Um, and yeah, I also was in a long-term relationship for years and years. So I don't want guys to, see that either like the the whole x thing like you talked about is really real it is so what's our final form here um i mean the most secretive the most trustworthy the thing that tells me that i you know me as me you know me as a person i can trust your to be myself around you is twitter oh oh yes 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 okay i'm like trying to decode our like scribbled down pyramid of like trust um yes twitter Twitter is the top tier and um I think for this article in Glamour, which we'll refer to as a base, um, it said Twitter was one of the the first things you should exchange. And I get from a journalist perspective or professional, you know, um, perspective, 
if you're a writer or, you know, you are doing professional things on your Twitter, that, that makes sense because it's like basically nothing. Right. But I think a it's lot just of, like, here's my work. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people our age came into Twitter when Twitter was just like your most innermost thoughts, your stupidest thoughts, your best thoughts, your most not safe your, for worse. Yeah. Uh, not safe for work thoughts. Angsty rants and your bullshit and your everything that pisses you off on a daily basis. Like that's what Twitter is for yeah. us. And so to let someone into that is like so deep and so like sincere to let someone in that like I don't, I would never really want to let any guy I'm dating into that. <laughs> so I asked you before this episode started and I was like, um, when have you ever let a guy you dated follow you on Twitter, follow you on Twitter? And my answer was no. Um, yeah, <laughs> surprising, but also not. <laughs> yeah. So there's like one guy that, um, I guess I've dated that follows me on Twitter, but we have followed each other since college, and that's actually how we reconnected, which is how I tried to date him. Um, that was, like, the prompt for me to try to start dating him, you know, a, f- a couple months ago. But I I haven't asked any, like, guy that I've started dating by other means, you know, to follow me on Twitter or even offer that up in any kind of way. Um, because, again, those are, like, my innermost personal thoughts, and I don't need to bear that for everyone like that's meant for a select audience of other grungy angsty like miserable people that I love to surround myself with <laughs> <laughs> and, on the uh, internet I mean we talk also a lot on our twitters both our professional and like personal twitters about dating and it's like awkward for yeah. guys to hear and see and like it's it's a it's frontal it's full frontal yeah um, I so my my ex-boyfriend of like three and a half years my british bay he knew i had a twitter obviously and i talked to him recently like in the last like two weeks and he he said like when we first broke up he admitted to check my twitter like it's it's public if you know it you can find it and he would think the tweets i would you know, kind of, like, subtweet or, like, not even, like, subtweet because I'm not, like, basic or, like, bitchy like that. But, like, things, like, uh, emotions I was feeling at the time, um, they, he thought they were, like, towards him. And I would like to say a lot of them probably weren't, you know, but, like, you can read into them. And I, it felt like, you know, like, someone seeing you naked. And yeah. I, once he had, he can, like, check on it right now to this day. And, um, uh, like, he didn't even have a Twitter, but the fact that he can, like, check it. Um, he is someone that follows or follows me or like knows about my Twitter. Um, uh, six months ago, I matched with someone on Tinder and he wasn't very big on social media, but he did have a Twitter and I decided we'll like follow each other on Twitter. And we had like really good banter and we had like a basically long distance relationship for like a month. Um, and uh he still follows me on twitter i still follow him and i'm gonna i'm gonna admit after we broke up initially i had to mute him on twitter which is an amazing feature by the way um i muted his mm-hmm. tweets because it like hurt to see them but i didn't want to give him the satisfaction of unfollowing him right right so i muted him even though i mean like on twitter you don't get the notification for it but like it still oh, pops up in your feed yeah if you mute them you don't does not pop up in your feed wait so it po- it pops up if someone unfollows you no I mean, no. Um, the point is, if I, I didn't want to give him the satisfaction that I was like, you bother me so much, I'm going to unfollow you forever. Right. Because then you also have to go back and follow them. Oh, if, if they, if they have those like, on private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
his was public, but at the same time, people got the notification. I followed him again. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, when you okay, mute them, they don't show up on your feed. Right, right. God, I wish Instagram had that. Yeah. Fuck. So it's like without offending the other person, you can still follow them without seeing anything they're doing. Yeah. Which is nice. That's, that's nice. That's that kind of, like, non-committal, like, distancing. But even then, like, I knew once we broke up and we met on Tinder. Like, we're not stupid. You know, we met on a dating app. Um, I still, you know, tweet about dating apps and things like that. And I, I always do think of him. You know, I feel like, oh, fuck. Like, anything I tweet, he's going to be reading it. Right, right. And that's, like, something that makes me filter myself. Yeah. And that's how I feel with this guy um, that I, like, tried to date who follows me on Twitter. Like... It's just, like, anytime I tweet about guys now or, like, you know, a guy that I'm going on a date with or a date that I recently had or whatever, like, I'm just, like, he's seeing that. And I don't know how he's interpreting it. And it's not really my job to interpret it for him. But I know that he is. Like, I know that he's seeing it and having some kind of thought about it. And we didn't end on, like, a bad term or anything. We just, like, kind of fizzled out. We just didn't go on another date. Um after the first few that I like kind of like very much pushed for. So it's like, I don't know. It's this weird thing where like, I know he's still there. We're still like interact with each other on social media, but I'm like, there's just this part of me that I'm, I'm not going to be able to be forthcoming about on my personal Twitter anymore because I know he's there. Yeah. So I wouldn't want anyone else to be there to add to that. It definitely feels to you. Um, I actually I actually thought of this guy randomly now. Um, there's a guy this I used to fuck way back in London, uh, before I had my British Bay, and he had a Twitter, and we followed each other on Twitter, and we still t- follow each other to this day. Um, yeah, really weird. But uh, he tweets about his own shit. I tweet about my own shit, and a lot of it's dating, single, living in New York living the creative life bullshittery we don't interact we don't like but it's still there right, um, right. but yeah i guess i'm connected with a lot of people on twitter i used to fuck <laughs> more than i thought now this diagnostic yeah yeah um but yeah to me that is that is top tier that's like i that is the final form you are my boyfriend yeah <laughs> yeah it's like we become facebook like official more. yeah then you can get my maybe even then because i remember when i was dating my british bay um, I've my Twitter was sacred and personal to me. Yeah, you, know? you still want to be able to like kind of vent about it without them like, you know, necessarily seeing it and wanting it to be like a point of conversation. Like that's like your you space. Um, but so okay, so now that we've explored the final form, we should back up and give kind of like a timeline and our like summary and recommendation for each thing. Yeah. So okay. in summary. Yeah. First form, phone number. So I guess our recommendation there is do what you want. If you feel safe giving it out before a first date, go right ahead. But otherwise, I think my personal recommendation is, you know, wait until you've met the person in person and then have that be like the cute end to your first date is giving them your number and making it official once you know that they're a real person. I agree with that advice. Um, If you can't avoid it, uh, give the number, you know, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah, giving the number is a first. I mean, that's like prior to first date, after first date. That's where I put that timeline. Yeah, yeah, same. Okay, and then... Snapchat. Next form, right, Snapchat. So I would say you want to give a, you want to give your Snapchat out 
Also, after a first date, once you've met someone in person, you know what they look like and you know if you're willing, you know, if you're open to the potential of accepting sexy pics, because really that's what Snapchat's for. Oh, yeah. Um, And like you don't want to like not know what someone even looks like in real life and then suddenly start getting those because I think that can be very like overwhelming and maybe like ruin things so I think once you've like met them in person you've kind of like established like a little bit of like face-to-face comfortability then you can like exchange snapchats and maybe like let a little bit of flirtation go on like in between you know then and your next dates so is your timeline after the first date after the first date yes it's okay I would say yeah like, not a hard and fast rule, but I would say after the first date is the soonest that I'd feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, again, if you're okay to exchange some sexy pics, <laughs> again, in our generation, I think that's the only way you'll be using Snapchat. Yeah. I can't speak for others, but for us, I mean, yeah, if you're if you're game, I'm game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would I don't think I would do it myself personally at first, but if a guy added me on Snapchat, I would be like okay with that. I'm yeah. Like, Fine. Fucking yeah. valley. Yeah. Um, okay, and then Instagram. Oh so sacred. Um I mean, now it is. I yeah. thought I was just giving away my Instagram. Like, yeah, it was my really. Like I was I, <laughs> like seriously, like take it and run. Um Okay, now being like you know, fully informed and woke about it and having thought through it. I would say, like, third or fourth date, maybe. Same. Um, so I think that article we read said, like, once you're exclusive, like, they really, like, put Instagram up on a pedestal. I would say, like, maybe you don't have to be exclusive, but you need to be at a point where you like each other enough that it's okay for that person to see what you're doing. Um Because the biggest thing I think you could, the issue you could run into here is, you know, not being that interested in someone and then kind of ghosting them via text and then them seeing a story that you're putting up or you being like, I don't really want to hang out tonight and then like putting up a story at a different bar. Um, And so that can get messy. So, yeah. So I I think three dates is a good rule. I think I've added people and they've added me on Instagram pretty prematurely. And that's given me a lot of stress and anxiety of like, did they view my story? Are they the top or are they the bottom? Have they liked my they have like my photo I posted? Like, what are they posting? Yeah, it's like so much unnecessary anxiety, especially especially for someone you just met. Like literally, like I think it's so easy to think of a first date like, you know, somebody because you talk for a couple days before then you want a date and maybe you you know your genitals exchange like fluid but like you <laughs> don't know someone they're a fucking stranger you you. and like at that point you still don't owe each other anything no. so for you if you're someone who puts up instagram stories for you to say like you know here's access to basically what i'm doing at most hours of my day and we only just met like that's so much power put yourself on a pedestal you know give yourself the own dignity of as well that like your your instagram is precious you know yeah. like i feel like we're talking about this virginity. is you this is you <laughs> <laughs> we're literally talking about someone's virginity uh, honey i did not safeguard my virginity this much <laughs> i know it's so ironic 
Fuck. Yeah. Treat your Instagram like your precious V card is our is our takeaway from that. Um, Way better. I think three dates is solid. Three dates, I'm like, okay, I fucked you more than once. We clearly have some sort of, like, thing going on. Right. But, like, again, like, up to your own, like, timeline. I mean, if your first three dates are, like, really quick, like, let's grab a drink and whatever, like, you know. Oh, we're play fucking it, on the first date. Play it, <laughs> play it by ear. But, like, the basic takeaway is do it once you're at that point that you know if you happen to put up a story of something else you're not like oh fuck they're gonna see this and it's gonna be a problem yeah don't obsess be chill yeah be chill but also be comfortable before you do it yeah um okay so facebook where do you put that oh like i'd like to put it off for as long as possible so okay just to recap a little we said text uh, first date or before the first date snap after the first date instagram after three dates so now we're on facebook i'd say like five to six dates i'd say like honestly like once you're like dating the person exclusively and maybe like you've put like a title on it and you're like boyfriend girlfriend because like at that point it's like okay you can see my awkward high school pictures and you know you can see the pictures that my family tags me in and we're like kind of like official in that sense where it's like I can know what your last name to the world is, you know? It's like, yeah. before then, I don't really see any benefits. So, yeah, I would say once you're, like, exclusively dating. I would, I would agree. Yeah. I think exclusively dating is when I would feel comfortable having someone have access to my Facebook and me wanting to know everything about them, too. Yeah. Because it also opens up, like you said, a lot of, like, you know, exes. And not just your exes, but their exes. You have to be, like, okay and, like, secure in your relationship with that person to see, you know, photos of their ex, photos maybe of their ex-wife, if you're me and you choose people <laughs> who are married at 25 and divorced. More man. More man. This is the second divorced person I dated oh at 25. God. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm clearly attracted to someone else's husband. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's my aesthetic. Um, and then lastly, Twitter's. So Twitter, I really like if you are dating someone for a very long time and you're like one of those basic bitches who calls your boyfriend, your best friend, which like, OK, fine. There's nothing wrong with that if you're on that level of intimacy. But really, like you need to be on like a very, very deep level with someone where you're OK with them seeing all of your unfiltered thoughts on Twitter, then do that. Yeah, I say if you're my boyfriend, like we are boyfriend, girlfriend, we are Facebook official, like you've met my parents, <laughs> we can, we can, we can fuck with Twitter. Yeah. Then and only then. God, even then I'm just like, uh, like we can be official, but like maybe a little more than that. Maybe official and like, I don't know, official in a few months. I don't know. I really would put off Twitter for as long as possible because at the end of the day, that's me. That's, mm. that's the me that I want for my friends but yeah in conclusion as long as humanly possible all right so yeah we've uh really covered all our bases here and we hope we've helped you and the dating exchange you have with someone else yeah guys we know it's hard we know there's no hard and fast rules for everything we tried to give you a timeline based on you know what we've seen and what we've done and maybe mistakes that we've made all of these are based on mistakes all yeah. of these are i wish i didn't know all these things because i made any mistakes but like uh hopefully you don't have to yeah that's what we're here for is to make those mistakes for you so. yeah for sure i've i've you know added people prematurely and like um 
I think we've been talking about this a lot recently. We're like, we'll listen back to our episodes. We're like, yeah, that's a great advice. We should take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like therapy. When I listen to our episodes, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm having a revelation on something I literally said myself. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we hope this helped. Um, if you guys have any other, like, crucial forms of social media that you think that we missed and maybe we should be factoring into the equation or any differing opinions on this or anything else Google um, hang out yeah Reddit. yeah i mean we don't <laughs> use all that stuff as like predominantly but if you have any other views make sure to send us a submission I on our never, website i would never share my reddit by the way that's, oh yeah me neither sacred. that is sacred and personal that's as sacred, sacred as, as my twitter that's but more, more sacred it's more sacred yeah. So Reddit goes to me with the like to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Bury me with my Reddit. Um, yeah. In conclusion, if you have you know any thoughts on this, send us a DM. Slide in there. We're on Instagram or, and Twitter. We're on Instagram. Get in there, bitches. Not your girlfriend's podcast. Yeah, we're always doing good good shit. Um, Go on our website on www.notyourgirlfriendspodcast.com. You'll find all our episodes, uh, links to iTunes, links to Google something. Where am I? Links to our voicemail even, so you can leave us like a voice message submission. We're on Google Play. That's why I keep forgetting. We're Ooh, Google, Google Play. Play. We are on Google Play, you Samsung fuckers. Yeah, we, we got you. you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Great episode. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys.